Good morning and welcome to another episode of Real World Talks with Lourdes, Natalie, and Kathy. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Today we have Lori Hartwell, who is the founder and CEO of the Bridal Society. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, ladies. So great to be here with you. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm just thrilled to be able to talk all about weddings. Oh, <laughs> we love weddings. <laughs> um, so Lori, can you um, tell us and the listeners a little bit about yourself and what led you to become the founder and CEO of the Bridal Society? Absolutely. So, you know, now in 2020, uh, I have nearly 30 years of experience in the wedding industry. And I planned my very first wedding when I was 18 years old back in 1993, almost immediately after I had graduated from high school. I mean, it seems like a million and a half years ago. But what I did is I worked incredibly hard. I definitely overcame a million and a half challenges for sure. I learned a lot, uh, you know, while I was just earning that experience and diving really deep into weddings. And uh, thankfully, because I did do things morally and ethically, I became very respected in the industry nationwide. And through the years, I have been approached by countless wedding planners just asking me to help them figure out how to mentor them. And, you know, I mentored as many as I could while running my own business, but I found that many had been doing things kind of wrong. They didn't really know the direction they were supposed to go in. And so I decided to maybe make things easier uh, for wedding planners across the globe. And so that's why I decided to um, create the Bridal Society and make education fun, make it accessible, make it affordable. And, uh, and I got with some of the greatest wedding professionals across the globe. And we really talked about what everybody wishes wedding planners knew. I knew what I wished other wedding planners knew because I had already walked a day in their shoes, but I wanted to find out from photographers, videographers, caterers, florists, and so on, what they wished wedding planners knew. So we got together with them and I decided to kind of bring my mentoring to a bigger platform, started the Bridal Society. Now we're the world's leading certification program. And uh, we have really high standards, obviously. <laughs> I, you know, I don't believe in mediocrity. I believe in greatness. And if we're going to do anything, we might as well do it great. I mean, there's only uh, so much time in the world. Let's not waste it. And we really support one another. We have almost 6,000 members where all we do is love and support each other. We build each other up. I have given them what I wished I had had when I was a young planner, which was lifetime free membership. And in that membership, they, of course, get discounts with top industry companies like Isle Planner and um, Timeline Genius and Rock Paper Coin. I mean, I can go on and on. We have so many partners. But we also include, for no additional charge, monthly continuing education, because I just find that education is incredibly important. So, you know, I started back in 1993. Here we are in 2020. And, uh, you know, I just felt that I needed to make sure that I brought the education, the level of support that I didn't have as a young planner and just bring it to wedding planners across the globe. 
Great. Thank you so much for sharing with us your background and, you know, the amazing Bridal Society um, and how it all got started and the purpose of it. You know, we've been working with you guys for some time now and our students who participate in it, they have nothing but amazing things to say about the experience and the skills and the learning and the networking that they really um, enjoyed. Now, events is one of the most second, I would say, I hate to say first, but it's really on the top of our students' um, choice of interest to focus on. Um, and many of our students really, really love the whole wedding and special events world. But obviously with the pandemic, you know, a lot um, of the events have been kind of put on a pause or a halt. Um, so with that being said, what advice would you give to students and alumni that, you know, still want to pursue a career in events, but obviously, you know, right now things are kind of a little bit challenging. Um, due to the pandemic? Right, Kathy, Kathy, this is a very good question and, uh, and it's probably one of my favorites. Now, no matter, no matter what, no matter what kind of craziness uh, the world is going to be in, I remember back in 2008 when uh, the, uh, you know, all of us kind of were thrown into a really terrible economic time. You know what stayed true? weddings. That's what carried hotels through, private venues through, country clubs through, as well as independent wedding planners. So no matter whether you want to work for a hotel or a country club or a private venue or become a wedding planner, owning your own company, or maybe even working for another planner, what you need to do right now is to have your education, understand what it takes. I, I don't know if too many people know this, but being a, an event planner is rated number five of the most stressful jobs in America. That's by Forbes. Uh, and I feel it, right? And, you know, being rated number five is, you know, that's really, that tells you how stressful this really is. Um, so it, how do you relieve that stress? How can you ensure that you're not going to, you know, get into a position at a hotel or a country club or start your own business and not just want to run for the hills because it is so difficult. Well, the way that you can ensure that you can get a handle on that stress is making sure that you know every single aspect of the wedding industry. Now, a lot of people think, gosh, planning weddings, it can't possibly be that hard. Well, it is. It is. The only, um, the four jobs that are more stressful than what we are uh, is a pilot, military uh, personnel, um, you know, firefighters and police officers, and then boom, event planners, right? Think about that. That's insane. Uh, so, you know, my advice is to make sure you know the ins and outs of weddings. They are very complicated. There's approximately five to 6,000 details to every single wedding. You have to be on top of it. We give tips on how to make that happen. Uh, you need to make sure that you're recommending and referring only the very best wedding professionals. So how do you find these really great professionals? How do you, how can you tell the difference between, um, I call them imposters, uh, to the really amazing wedding professionals who do have uh, experience and they know exactly how to treat your clients. But there's a million and a half other details that you have to know. Uh, and most people that are getting into the wedding industry, Kathy, they don't think to themselves, oh, I've, I've always wanted to be a business person. I want to be in sales. 
you have to learn that side of it. Uh, so we usually get into the wedding industry because we love weddings. We're obsessed with weddings. We think we love love. We love people. We're usually people pleasers. The problem is you also have to learn the business side of things in order to succeed. And that's no matter if you work for a hotel, uh, country club, private venue, or if you want to become an independent wedding planner, you have to know this side of things, uh, as well as all the little tips and tricks that I, I like to give all of my amazing members. So no matter what, weddings are always going to take place, no matter what craziness our world has find ourselves in. I mean, think about that. We've been in a, you know, a global pandemic since February, and weddings are still happening every single day. Um, so we have to think like that. Now, uh, you, it's really important that you find a great place to get that uh, education. Don't read everything, you know, don't believe everything you read online. You know, don't believe every article that you read. Unfortunately, what I find that happens is um, some people are writing these articles about planning weddings, but they've never planned a wedding a day in their life. Um, or people are teaching a course uh, about how to plan weddings, but they've only been in the industry for three years. This does not make any sense to me, uh, and I would not trust anything that would come from that. So it's really important that you get education from someone who has been in the industry uh, a, a good enough amount of time, I would say longer than 10 years, um, but even then, I feel like if someone's only been planning weddings for 10 years, they should be working under or teaching underneath someone who's been working for at least 20. But that's just my opinion. Um, so get your education now. Get all of that education now so that when the global pandemic uh, gets more under control, you will be able to just hit the ground running. That's just really, really important to me. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that wonderful advice, Lori. So since you've been doing events since 1993, I wanted to know, could you share like a memorable event or even a certificate conference that um, you hosted and what made it so memorable? Yeah, I mean, gosh, well, all of my clients have, uh, you know, over the years, they become my family. I, you know, I still stay in touch with them. I go to their children's birthday parties. Um, I, I have have been asked that all the time, like, which one was your most memorable or your favorite? And I feel, I feel kind of guilty for saying anything. So I usually don't, uh, because I don't, um, I kind of think of them as my children. Like, you don't want to say one of your kids was uh, your favorite <laughs> to others. Um, and so I try to be kind of careful there. But uh, I've had some amazing events over the years, some that were incredibly challenging. Uh, I've had events for celebrities. I've gone to celebrity uh, weddings. Um, it's, it, I would say they're all memorable in their own way. My, I would say as far as my certification conferences, Nathalie, would be uh, my alumni retreats, to be quite honest with you. It's when all of my members from around the, the globe come together once a year and we just enjoy each other's company. We learn more things. My favorite one was this past January when we all went on a cruise together to the Caribbean. And I can tell you this, I had the most fun I think I've had in years. Uh, and just to be able to bond with my members, I'm not the type of CEO that I teach the course and then I'm like, okay, good luck, bye-bye. I, I can't do that. I try to get to know each and every single one of my members 
uh, I want to be able to know your name as soon as I see your face. It's really important, it, but it's challenging because I have almost 6,000 members now. Um, but it's just really important to be able to bond. And so we went to the Caribbean. We had the greatest cruise experience. I'm so glad we got that in under the wire right before the <laughs> pandemic hit because, you know, that would have been so sad to have missed out on such an incredible experience. I really hope to be able to, to do the cruise again with, with my members. Oh, thank you for sharing uh, that with us, Lori. We hope so too. Uh, fingers crossed. Um, so speaking of the good comes also the bad. So um, can you tell us about a time when you had to deal with a difficult client and what the end result of that was? Yeah, sure. Um, goodness. Uh, you know, here's, here's, I'm going to preface this by saying when I was a young planner, uh, before, you know, because think about that, back in 1993, there were no classes you could take to learn how to be a wedding planner. Um, that's a big reason why I do what I do today, and I would like to pass the torch on to other planners and make sure that they are successful, but I teach them ways to avoid the big issues that I had when I was a young planner. I had a client, you're not going to believe what I'm about to sell, tell you, but uh, I had a client uh, who got married on Valentine's Day one year. And, um, you know, they seemed fine uh, at first. They seemed normal. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, that's not uh, always the case. Uh, but the wedding went, you know, pretty flawlessly. But at the end, you know, it was time for me to leave at the end of the night. And the next day I got a call from the couple, the mother and the mother of the bride was on the call. And she said, you know, everything was great. Thank you so much. But we have one complaint. And I said, oh my gosh, okay, tell me what it was. Uh, and she said, well, you didn't offer to massage the, my daughter's feet. I said, I'm so sorry. I feel like I may have misunderstood you. <laughs> and she said, well, you know, she was on her feet all day and you didn't even ask about her feet. I said, I, okay, number one, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm not a masseuse. Uh, number two, that's not part of the services that I offer, nor was it in your packages. Um, and so what did this teach me? This taught me that we need to have really great communication prior to the wedding. So now, you know, what I, what I did after that wedding, and this, this happened literally in my first year of business. And uh, now I make sure that I, I'm very clear about what my role is on wedding day. I had another... Um, another couple. So this was back in 2004 when I was, uh, this wedding happened to be in, um, on the east coast of central Florida. And in 2004, we had four hurricanes come through in one season. And let me tell you, it wiped us out. Uh, you, I would be driving down A1A, I would look over at a hotel and I can see through the hotels because it was nothing but concrete and I could see the ocean. It was insane. So obviously with four hurricanes coming through one season and a ton of venues completely ripped to shreds, we had to postpone a lot of weddings. Now, fast forward to when hotels started opening back up, uh, close to a year later, 
and uh, one of my couples, my sweet couples, um, was getting married at a hotel directly on the beach. Well, the night before the wedding, um, the groom had too much to drink uh, after their rehearsal dinner, and he got with all of his groomsmen who had way too much to drink as well, and <clears throat> they hijacked a bulldozer that was there on property to fix some of the issues and they dug up all of the brand new landscaping that the hotel had just put in so this happened pretty late at night uh, I'm very, you know, part of my job as a wedding planner is to make sure that I am very close and very good friends with all of the high ups at the at hotels, all of the owners of venues. It's my job to know them personally. The downside of that is you're going to get a call at one o'clock in the morning um, for, you know, uh, from that hotel saying, hey, Lori, um, I have a problem. And so they told me that they were planning on, since they had done so much damage, that they were going to cancel the wedding the next day. So, of course, I panicked, um, only internally, because a great wedding planner doesn't show any, any fear on the outside. Uh, I said, well, can I go ahead and come up to the hotel? Let me review the damage. And can I speak to the general manager? Please don't cancel this wedding before we have a time, you know, a chance to talk. Now, my, my bride was not aware of the situation. Um, they were just in shock that this had happened. So I drove up to the hotel. I was in a boardroom with um, the managers um, and I pleaded to them. Uh, I even, you know, I looked at the, the general manager and I said, do you have a daughter? And he said, yes. I said, how old is your daughter? And he said, 19. And I said, what's her name? He said, her name is Stephanie. Why? I don't see what this has to do with anything. I said, well, let me, let me paint you a picture. Let's say the night before Stephanie's wedding, she went to sleep thinking and dreaming of her beautiful wedding the next day, only to wake up to hear that the wedding's been canceled because the groom had too much to drink and hijacked a bulldozer and completely ruined her day. Now tell me, how, how would Stephanie react? And he said, well, obviously she'd be devastated. I said, devastated like day ruined never you know to to you can't make up for something like this i said may i ask a deep favor and i'm pleading with you on behalf of my client who is asleep as we speak i would love if you could just take this up with them after this wedding and i pleaded and pleaded and pleaded and finally they agreed to um to address this once the wedding had concluded so you know, things like this are going to happen, right? Uh, now, the good news is we don't see too many terrible things because I got smart early on and I decided that I wasn't going to just be interviewed by clients. I'm going to also be interviewing my clients. And the key here, you guys, is you need to make sure that you are only letting those who are your ideal client hire you. So you have to learn how to vet your clients. You need to make sure that you are picky, just as picky as the clients should be about what type of wedding planner they should hire. Awesome. Thank you for sharing those stories. They were very interesting and funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wanted to know, um, Lauren, what sets um, the Bridal Society apart from other, from other companies with a similar concept? And what do you think makes a good event? Yeah, oh, great question. So, okay. So far, there aren't any other certification programs that do what we do. The whole, um, you know, there's, there's a lot out there that charge 
extraordinarily high rates. Um, I just, I don't have the, I don't believe in that philosophy. My philosophy is, and I, you know, early on I had decided to make sure that I was different than everybody else. Uh, to me, that's how you stand out in the industry that in any industry, it doesn't have to be the wedding industry, but I wanted to make sure that I helped the industry. So I had to ask myself, how do I do that? How, what is the best and fastest, most effective way to reach as many people in our industry who are interested in becoming a wedding planner or a wedding venue professional and, and make it to where everybody would be able to take this course and get the education that they so deserve. And then after they get the education, get the support that they deserve. And we came up with making sure that we price this as low as we possibly can and include lifetime free membership that would have amazing benefits to where you know now you're a part of a family that you can continuously get education month after month after month after month and watch all of the pre-recorded um, education, you know, educational segments and sessions that we do. Uh, so, I feel like the way the reason why we stand out is because people know my heart. They know that I'm not in this to make a buck. I'm in this to make sure that I help mentor and support wedding planners and wedding venue professionals across the nation and give them the support that I did not receive when I was a young professional. Uh, you know, I'm 45 now and you know, I I I still feel like I'm in my twenties, uh, you know, maybe not physically, but mentally for sure. <laughs> and, you know, I just want to make sure I'm giving what I didn't have. And I mean, there were other, um, organizations and associations out there, but they were not a family oriented, um, organization. And I really wanted to make sure that everybody felt accepted. I wanted to have an all inclusive, um, organization where it doesn't matter your religion, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter your sexual orientation. It doesn't matter any of our differences. It doesn't matter. I want people to know that they are loved and supported. So that's what keeps us um, set apart from everybody else. Um, and I feel like what wedding planners can do to stand out is to make sure that you are not just, you know, like everybody else, you know, anybody can say that they're a wedding planner, you guys, anybody that doesn't make it so. So the only way that you can prove to your clients that you actually take your career seriously is to get certified. And then you need to make sure that that's all over your resume. That's all over your website. You also need to be reliable. That's how people, whether you are, you know, running whatever business that you're running, it needs to be that you're reliable, that you have excellent communication. And the final thing, so get certified, be reliable, have excellent communication. But the final thing is you got to work your tail off. You have to, you have to work so hard that you, you know, like you want nothing more in this world. It is a tough, tough industry to be in. And if you're not willing to work hard, you're not going to achieve the success. You just have to be, you know, everything to everyone. And that can be exhausting, but eventually it becomes natural. And, and that's what you need to look forward to is when all of a sudden one day, everything just clicks into place and you feel like, oh, okay, I've got this, but you still have to work your tail off. Lori, thank you so much for sharing so much insight i feel like you're like giving us all these amazing platinum not gold nuggets but platinum nuggets 
Um, and I love that you said, you know, it's not just that the client interviews you, but that you interview the client. Because a lot of times when we talk to our students about going on interviews, I always tell them it's a two way. So it's kind of like, you know, they're interviewing you to see if you are the perfect match they're looking for for this particular position. But you should be also asking them questions to see if it's a fit for you as well. So I'm glad that you shared that. Now, obviously, events have a big component. Um, that sometimes is tough to discuss or you set this amazing thing called a budget. And I know that sometimes we get my own events that I try to plan saying this is going to be my budget and I don't go over it. Sometimes I end up going over it. So could you share with us about how would you handle an event that is going over budget? Absolutely, Kathy. So, okay. We as wedding planners, uh, it's our job to make sure that we remember that we aren't in charge of our clients' money. They are ultimately the, the ones in charge. And we need to make sure that we're walking a fine line and not telling our clients what they can and can't spend their money on. Um, for instance, I had a client who uh, wanted to hire us. She called us up and said, you know, can we go ahead and hire you? I said, what's your budget? She said $50,000. And I said, okay, so tell me a little bit about this. How many guests are you expecting? That always needs to be the very next question that you ask, right? Don't just say what's your budget and they say something astronomical. That doesn't mean that it's going to work because she said she's got a $50,000 budget. If, if you think, oh, it's a, if it's an average wedding, that's going to be a lovely budget. But she says, I'm expecting 400 guests. I'm like, whoo, okay. That's, that's going to be very tight and almost impossible for a $50,000 budget. When are you planning on getting wet, uh, married? And she said, New Year's Eve. I'm like, ah, okay. So now what's happening in my head? My head's saying that if I'm going to have all of these wedding professionals work on New Year's Eve for 400 guests, they're going to probably charge a little bit more, especially my catering crews, my rental companies, uh, my florists. And uh, I said, so where are you planning on having this? And she said, a private venue down in the Keys, down in Isle Mirada. So I'm like, ah, oh, okay. So there's no wedding professionals in Iomarata, really. So that meant for this type of wedding, for the type of event that she was looking for, where I'm going to have to bring everybody in from Miami. And, um, and so I had to tell her instantly that $50,000 budget isn't going to cover it. That might cover rentals and maybe one other wedding um, professional. And she said, oh, okay, well, don't worry about it because I've got plenty more. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, Kathy, things can go either way, right? So if someone's going over budget, my job is simply to tell them. So I want to, you know, I want to let you know we're over budget, but I try to catch it before it happens. And so part of my job is to make sure that I am updating my clients with how much they have spent and how much they have left on the first of every single month. That's my job. Now, that's only going to be my job if they've hired me for a specific package that includes budget uh, management. So if you are only a month of wedding coordinator, uh, you're not going to be handling the budget. That's not going to be part of what you do at all. But if you are hired to, um, to handle one of the services of being a, a budget manager, your job is to make sure that your clients are in the know all the time of how much money they have spent, how much money they have left. And so if you're keeping them informed, then if they decide to go over budget, that needs to be okay because ultimately it is their responsibility. But then there's the other side of the coin. Uh, the other side of the coin is someone who says, you know, calls you up and says, I've got $10,000 to spend. And then you say, well, how many guests are you expecting? And they say 150. Okay, well, then what you're thinking in your head is, well, that's not nearly enough money. But 
a lot of wedding planners do the wrong thing here. They go, oh, well, it doesn't sound like you can afford me. I wouldn't, I would, I would recommend that you um, try this on your own. That's the wrong answer. Here's the real problem, you guys, is most couples have no idea how much a wedding costs. It is our job then to educate them. Uh, we, our job is to find out what it is that they're looking for, how many guests, what type of wedding, um, you know, where are they wanting to have this event, how, uh, you know, elaborate do they want to go. And then we can go ahead and educate them on how much we can kind of just give a, a guesstimate of how much that's going to cost and then let the client decide. Again, everything needs to be in the client's hands here. All of the decisions need to be, we as wedding planners need to stop taking responsibility for people going over budget, people not having enough money, or even down to the weather. Some wedding planners really think that they're in charge of the weather. We, we are not. Um, so it's just our job to make sure that we're having great communication with our clients. And if clients are going over budget, all we can do is say, hey, we're getting close or we're over. How do you want to proceed? And let them make their final decisions. That is some great advice and great tips. Um, thank you so much for sharing that information with us, Lori. Um, so I have a very close friend of mine who originally was um, scheduled to be married earlier this year yeah. and um, because of COVID-19 her wedding had to be pushed back so originally it was scheduled for May um, then it was canceled and pushed back to August okay. and then again in August it was canceled <laughs> yes. so hopefully now in December that is the winning month we're keeping our fingers crossed um, <laughs> So um, my next question to you would be similar to the story I just mentioned in the sense of um, how, can you share some tips or suggestions for someone who wants to have a special event like a wedding uh, during COVID-19? Right. Okay. So gosh, this is really tough. And, you know, my position has always been, you know, I have to look at it from a, in a global scale. So um, I always err on the side of make sure that you are looking at the CDC guidelines, what it is that they are um, recommending for your area, how many guests can we have, um, are we able to socially distant, distance. Um, I, I don't like to even say socially distance. I'd like to say physically distance because it's nice to be social. Um, but we need to make sure that we're doing all of these things in a safe way. Now, December kind of scares me a little bit. And the only reason why I say that is because now we're adding the flu season on top of the COVID pan, you know, pandemic. So it, things are getting tricky. And even my niece and nephew, they had to, um, their original wedding was scheduled for March, then it got postponed to May, then it got postponed to October, and now it's postponed for another year. So um, because they, they want everybody to be able to be there. So my advice for wedding planners that are dealing with things like this would be that you need to really sit down with your clients and say, now tell me what it is that you're envisioning for this wedding. Now, uh, should we do a micro wedding, a mini wedding, or should we do a multi-celebration event? Uh, and then I talk to them about the differences there. And the reason why that's important is because I want every, you know, any of my clients to really have a great understanding of what all of their options are. Um, so if you have a couple who are, um, who says, you know, I just don't want people to 
have to wear masks. I don't want us to have to physically distance. I want the wedding that I pictured in my head. My advice would be to make sure that, that we wait um, because you're not going to have really that right now unless, you know, unless you have every single one of your guests agreeing to quarantine for 14 days prior to arriving at this wedding and then be okay with having everybody get temperature checks as they come in, you know, making sure that you have uh, sanitation stations, uh, you know, located um, in a few places around uh, the wedding venue, make sure that the wedding venue is wiping things down once an hour, making sure that people are not getting close. Uh, you know, there's a million things that we all have to think about. So, um, so let's kind of, if you don't mind, let me break down what a mini wedding is, what a, um, a micro wedding is, and then a multi-celebration wedding. So when you're talking about a micro wedding, that is a small ceremony only. That means that there's no, um, there's no after event, okay? There's not gonna be a reception, there's not gonna be cocktail hour. This is gonna be a small ceremony where the guests are gonna be physically distant. Uh, and everybody would be, you know, wearing a mask or, um, or not, it, it, you know, at that point, depending on how many people are there, for there been quarantine, blah, 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 there's, you know, there are some little ways that we can have some leeway. But a lot of times this type of event can be live streamed for those who can't actually attend in person. So that's a micro wedding. It's a very small wedding and a small wedding only. A mini wedding is where you might want to follow that, that micro wedding. Uh, ceremony by having some formal pictures taken afterwards, have a mini reception that maybe only includes a formal introduction, a first dance with the couple, cake cutting, and then a grand exit. Like it, it just boom, boom, boom. So that means no food uh, being served because it's really hard to eat and drink while wearing masks, I have found. So, um, you know, that's, that's one problem. If you want to extend that mini wedding with maybe some outdoor lawn games, you can absolutely do that as well. Um, of course, outdoor events are going to be safer than indoor events at this time. Now, your other option, the last option, uh, would be to have a multi-celebration event. So having a, a micro or mini ceremony now, and then have the reception one year later on the couple's one-year anniversary. So there's a couple reasons why this might work. If the wedding is already scheduled for a Saturday, you guys, um, when you're looking to, if you're just going to postpone the whole thing, many wedding venues are not getting excited about giving that couple a Saturday wedding for 2021. The reason why is because they like to reserve that for future couples because they want to stay in business. Now, the cool thing about doing a micro or mini ceremony this year in 2020 on a Saturday is that your one year anniversary to have that reception party uh, would be happening the day after. So, you know, 365 days later, if you're having a Saturday wedding this year, your uh, one year anniversary is going to be on a Sunday next year. So that means that the wedding venues are going to be a lot more uh, receptive to this. And so that might be a really great option. And it allows our clients to get excited about extending this wedding. Because if you think about it, our clients, you know, they, they're so excited for a year and then it's just over in one day. This has, we've got a lot of great feedback because a lot of clients have said, oh my gosh, this is so exciting because I get to plan for, the, for one event and then I have a whole nother year to plan for a secondary event and they just love it. So that is definitely um, another option. 
Now, let's say we're going to get married, um, you know, this year and we're not going to uh, postpone it. We're just going to, you know, let's talk about your, you know, your friend's December wedding here. My advice would be to make sure that, you know, we're maybe limiting the number of people that are coming uh, and base that on um, your state, local or territorial or tribal um, regulations. So look at the CDC, make sure that you are thinking about that. You might want to serve maybe just appetizers and not have a full sit-down meal. Now, if you're going to be doing appetizers, it can't be a table set or d'oeuvres because people cough and breathe and sneeze all over the, those tables. But maybe have your caterer um, give separate, you know, their, like their own plate. They plate things up for each person who's coming into the room. And that way they don't have to go to um, like a buffet or a table uh, where all the food is placed. Your other option is if you're going to have um, a plated meal, and I would recommend a plated meal over a buffet. If you're gonna do a buffet, make sure that the, the guests are not serving themselves, make sure that the caterers are serving. But it, I prefer a plated meal during this time. If you're going to do that, then we need to make sure that everybody is seated separately. So family members who live in the same household they should share a table. But you know how in the past we've had eight tops, 10 tops uh, with random people sitting together. We, we are avoiding that right now. So if a couple chooses to have the food and beverage served at the wedding, um, it's definitely recommended that only people from shared households share a table. So that's going to mean that we're going to have different size tables. So 30 inch rounds for couples. So if you just have two people coming as a couple, they can sit at a 30 inch round. For families of four, we could have 48 inch rounds. For um, families of five to eight people, we can give them a 60 inch round and so on. So that means we're gonna need extra space as well because now things are gonna be spread out a little bit more because we're gonna wanna separate the, the chairs by six feet. So it's just a whole thing. Um, so we just need to make sure that we are thinking of all of these things, right? Before um, making any final decisions, make sure that you're talking to an expert about how to plan a wedding, to have, how to have a wedding safely. Because the last thing a couple's gonna want to be feeling is after they have this huge wedding, if they didn't take any of the precautions, the last thing that they're gonna wanna feel is that, you know, or find out is that a lot of people got infected because of their wedding. That is not a good thing. Um, so, you know, we really try to, to talk about so many little tiny details that a lot of people have to kind of put in place. Yes. Uh, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for explaining the difference between a micro, mini, and multi-wedding. Sure. I enjoyed hearing about it. So you said, well, you mentioned before that an event planner is number five on the most stressful job, right? Yes. List. So after a huge event, what is the first thing you do to relax or distrust yourself? Oh, Nathalie. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very, very introverted. Now, nobody seems to believe me because I'm a public speaker. And um, when I'm on stage, I give every bit of myself, just like wedding planners give every ounce of themselves at weddings. Uh, so when I'm done with an event, let's say one of my, I missed my in-person certification courses. Um, but what I do is have, I schedule me time. This is, you know, and I, like, it's literally on the schedule. Like there's no, none, none of my staff can, can, uh, 
uh, book me for any events or, um, or meetings or, or anything. I have me time. So my me time means I don't want to talk to anybody. I, I like to read. Sometimes I just like to sit and, um, you know, reevaluate. I go over things in my head. What could I have done differently? How could I have improved? I, I like to do a lot of self-reflection. Um, but it's really important that we all schedule time for ourselves because I feel like planners, especially since we're all very big people pleasers and all we love to do is help others and make other people happy. We need to remember that we have to put ourselves on the list. We need to remember that we're on the list. You guys, um, we put everybody else on the list, but a lot of times we find that we're at the, <laughs> we're at, we're at the bottom. We need to change that because the better we are, you know, I guess the, the more, relaxed we feel, the better we take care of ourselves, the, ourselves, the better we can actually take care of other people. Some planners love just taking a nice hot bath. Uh, they have, you can get some little snacks to eat. They read a book while they're taking a bath, have a glass of wine. Um, I recommend sleep <laughs> um, and staying hydrated and making sure that you're eating a good healthy meal. But hydration is going to be a really big thing. So for all the, those who are looking to be wedding planners, you know, you're working anywhere from a 12 to 20 hour day on a wedding day. You need to stay hydrated that entire day or you are not going to be well the next day. So make sure that, you know, you're also taking care of yourself, not only after the event, but during the event. Lori, thank you so much for sharing those self-care tips. I like the me time on there. Um, now, kind of continuing on with things that you like to do after your event, the ladies and I always like to share um, some of our favorite Netflix or TV shows or movies that we've watched. Um, so now we'll ask you, can you tell us your two favorite shows that you like to watch on Netflix, Amazon Prime, or on TV? All right. Let me think. Cause you know, I don't really have much of a life gals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, I can tell you that I make it a point never to watch wedding shows. And I know that that sounds really funny coming from um, someone like me who eats, sleeps and breathes weddings. But you know, I, I feel like if I'm not, if I'm not working, I need to take a break from it. So I go out of my way to not watch wedding shows so that on my breaks, you know, that I'm not really, um, you know, dealing with that too. I love, um, I, I just finished the crown, which, uh, that was a really awesome thing. I'm kind of all over the place. So I like to watch a bunch of different things. Um, I finally watched and finished, um, game of Thrones, um, Schitt's Creek. Uh, I mean, there's, I'm all over the place. Anything that's actually going to make me giggle because, <laughs> you know, I find that, um, I, you know, life is already just so serious. We need a good laugh every once in a while. I love, you know, comedians. Um, and I'm, I'm just kind of a jack of all trades. I like it. I like it all. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. So thank you for sharing your favorite shows or the shows that you do love to watch. This concludes our interview portion um, of the podcast. Now we're gonna go to our next segment, which is a game. It's called This or That. Um, I'm gonna ask you nine questions, Lori, and you will provide me two, I will provide you two options for those questions. 
and you will share with me which option you prefer more. And you have 10 seconds to answer each question. Are you so, ready? So no pressure is what I'm hearing from you. No okay. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm totally ready, I hope. I promise, you're, you're gonna love it. Okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> so first question. Um, do you prefer to have a one-week vacation in New York City with family or go on a one-week cruise that's going through the Caribbean with family? Oh, that's hard. I would say a cruise with family. I, New York City is my favorite, but uh, if I'm going with family, cruising is the best way. Okay, awesome. Okay, if you were to have super, superpowers, would you prefer to be invisible or to be able to fly? Oh, invisible. I'm an introvert. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're the first person who said that if I've, um, in the past, I've asked a similar question. They always pick the other over invisible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be seen. It's okay. <laughs> so next one. I heard you're a chocolate lover. Yes, I So am. my question is, would you rather um, be only, would you rather be only able to eat white chocolate or only eat dark chocolate forever? White chocolate forever. I can't eat dark chocolate. It's too, it's too, too rich. Yes, a little bit bitter, too bitter. <laughs> okay, <laughs> next one. Would you rather have hiccups for the rest of your life or feel like you need to sneeze and not be able to for the rest of your life? <laughs> oh my gosh, neither. But if I had to go with something, I would say sneeze. Okay, okay. So next one. Would you rather have a day at the beach with your favorite book or have a day at a beautiful park and solve some puzzles? Oh, I love puzzles. I'm going to go with the puzzles. Okay. Ooh. Okay, next one. Would you rather star on a popular holiday music single or star in a popular holiday movie? Like a single like Mariah Carey, um, All I Want for Christmas, and then a popular holiday movie would be The Grinch Who Stole Quinch Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, seeing as I care about other people and I don't want to hurt their ears, I'm not going to sing. I would much rather, uh, you know, be in a movie then. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, next one. Would you rather go into the past and meet your ancestors or go into the future and meet your great-great-grandchildren? I'd rather meet my great-great-grandchildren. Ah, okay. Next one. Would you rather be able to talk with animals or speak all foreign languages? All foreign languages. Yes. <laughs> and this is your last one. All right. And I already, I think I already know your answer would be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. Would you rather have more time or more money? Oh, time. Without yes. a doubt. <laughs> definitely and that concludes our game part portion of the podcast i told you you would love it <laughs> i did love it we should have more than nine questions that was awesome yes <laughs> oh well thank you so much for joining us Lori. we really appreciate you taking the time and this was great we i at least for myself it was very informative and um i've been married before hopefully <laughs> once you know no divorces or anything fingers crossed but um it's great insight for those students who want to become future event planners 
um, or could even be wanting to plan their own weddings. And it was just great information. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Lotus. I really appreciate that. And, you know, anybody who wants more information, they can go to thebridalsociety.com uh, and we've got the best rates and the best benefits. So, and only if you want to join a family though. I mean, we, there's no getting around it. We have to be a family. Oh, thank you. No, that sounds great. Well, thanks again, Lori. And for our listeners, tune in next week to another episode and have a great day. Bye. 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 Bye.